from Studio 67 in Florida's Capital County. It's time to be fackish. Access granted. Welcome back to Fackish. It is the end of week five. This is Jeff Scallo with the Fack Lobby team. We are in Studio 67 in Capital City, Tallahassee, and we are halfway home, Bob. Hard to believe we got here. Midweek was hump day during the legislative process, and so now we're down in the backstretch. Um, day. <laughs> and of course, this weekend we'll have a little time off, and it's going to be a big super day. We had our Super Bowl, which featured some great, delicious soups at FAC. But this Sunday is the big day for football Super Bowl Sunday. You can eat soup if you want to, but it's all about football. So we're going to get started here with Fackish. We got Super Bowl predictions. What's it going to be, Bob? Who's going to win Super Bowl Sunday? Well, I like a tiger in my tank. So I'm going with the Bengals. And I'm going to give you the score. Guaranteed score before the game starts. Zero, zero. Bold prediction, bold prediction. Jared. The Bengals, Jeff, are this year's team of destiny. <laughs> Joe Burrow has had that look in his eye recently, and Gator great. Yeah. Evan McPherson has forgotten how to miss. I like the Bengals this Sunday. <laughs> the look in the eye if you could see them through his sunglasses. Good point. Kick Sh- it, man. Kick it. Shiloh, who's going to win? I'm going to have to go with the Bengals, too. Aren't they the underdogs? They are four-point underdogs, uh, at least uh, according to some pe- some folks. So we market team, you know, well, David Goliath situation. They've never won exactly. a Super Bowl either, <clears throat> and we like their stripes, and they're chilly. Sarah, what kind of predictions do we have for Super Bowl weekend? I would have to concur with Jared over there. Evan McPherson will be the winning shot, I believe. He is our kicker from the University of Florida when we went to school there. So it's going to be the Bengals, no doubt. Did you ever have class with him? I wish I did. It's my long lost cousin. (laughs) Eddie, everybody's going with the Bengals. What do you got? I'm going to buck the system here. I'm going to go with the L.A. Rams. I believe the Stafford Cup connection can't be beat. Weren't weren't they in St. Louis? They're in L.A. now. Hollywood. Didn't they used to be in L.A.? (laughs) Once upon a time, Bob. (laughs) Maybe once upon a time, but now is not that time. They're back in Hollywood. They're going to be playing at home in, in L.A., I'm a little disappointed. Nobody's got any Puppy Bowl predictions for the Puppy Bowl. No, no dog fans. Certainly, the Labrador's a winner. Ah, good one. <laughs> Love it. Love it. And the halftime show is going to be a lot song of fun we're gonna too. We're going to hear any bets. Shiloh, who's gonna, who's going to be the best performer in the halftime Kendrick. show? Kendrick. I think they save him for last. I think they, I think they close with Humble. Ooh. Yeah. 
Yeah, that would be good. I, I don't know any of these people. <laughs> <laughs> we know that, Bob. We Come know on, that. Come on, Bob. And, and I guess I'll wrap it up. I'm also go, I'm going to go with the Bungles as well. It's going to be their first Super Bowl win. I'm putting the score down, too. I, I, believe, I believe the Rams have never won in L.A. The Bungles? Isn't that kind of some kind of chip that you eat? <laughs> well, I'm going to change my choice to the Bengals then. I love that rock group. Bob will be here for many more shows. It's another remix edition. Jeff and Bob in the afternoon, Fackish style with the Fact Team. Well, let's get started. Up first, we're going to... Bob, we're going to have one well, one I, big thing, right? Yeah, well, I think we need to go. There was one major event this week, and so I think we need to go to Eddie to deal with sovereign immunity. because And remember, that term comes from the concept of the king controlling all of the property. So let's go to our legal regal, Eddie Labrador. One big thing. All right, and uh, sovereign immunity happens to be the one big thing of the week again. Uh, if you recall, in week four, we had uh, Senate Bill 974 by Senator Gruters. He went uh, from a million-dollar cap with uh, no aggregate uh, for incidents or occurrences to a 300 400 uh increase in the caps uh, from the 200-300 level. Uh, unfortunately, that didn't stay around for very long because this week in Community Affairs, he had a strike call amendment that was adopted uh, by the committee that raised the caps from the 300-400 level from last week to 1 million, 3 million. That's a million dollars per person and three million per incident. Uh, the bill also was amended to include uh, a uh, automatic cap uh, adjustment beginning on January 1st, 2023, and then 10 years thereafter. Uh, that will be based upon uh, the consumer price index for the Southeast, which we raised to the committee that it doesn't exist. Uh, so we don't know how DFS is actually gonna do the adjustment, but nonetheless, uh, it is in the bill. Um, it also uh, allows subdivisions, but not the state or its agencies to settle claims above the caps, irrespective of the limits of any insurance uh, and also prohibits insurance policies from conditioning the payment of benefits under the policy uh, on the basis of uh, the enactment of a claims bill by the legislature. Uh, one of the things that the bill also does is that um, when the, when the uh, caps are adjusted every 10 years, uh, it is, uh, they remove language from last week's CS that would have applied those new caps only to cases that arise on or after the date, the effective date of the, of the new caps. Um, it, the bill maintains the, um, 
the statute, uh, the, the effective date of October 1st, 2022. However, it also removed the language that specifically said that it only applies to cases arising as of the effective date and into the future. Uh, by doing so, it leaves us with the quandary of whether or not it applies, uh, even though prospectively, but it could apply to cases that are currently pending, uh, which have not been resolved by the courts. So it's a question. Uh, we would look at that as being retroactive because it should only apply, the new cap should only apply to those cases that arise on or after the effective date, not the ones that have been currently filed. But that is uh, the subject of some discussion with uh, members as we move along. Jeff, back to you. Uh, before I go back, let's make sure a couple things are clear. Eddie spoke against the bill with some of that regal uh, le regality of legality that he is nice such one, a Bob. master at. And the legislative process is one of process. After that amendment dramatically increasing the caps from the prior committee, the bill was re-referenced to pick up another committee in the Senate. So it's now going to have, an, previously it only had Appropriations Committee left. It now has the Rules Committee and the Appropriations Committee. Man, that, that doesn't normally happen, right, Bob? Uh, it doesn't happen when everybody's working off the same sheet. When somebody does something that leadership doesn't like, that's the kind of response you see. And wasn't there, uh, you know, the folks who were supporting it or voted yes and the folks that voted no, wasn't it a little bit different than we normally see in the script? Yeah, we had uh, um, the folks who voted against it were all Republican majority members, uh, the three who voted against the bill. And the, um, the ones who voted for it were a mixture of uh, all the Democratic members on the committee. And I believe it was three of the Republican members on the committee. That is right. Okay, that was our one big, big thing. Big, well, the biggest process thing this week. And we're going to move on to our other favorite segment with Sarah and Shiloh, our, some of our policy analysts. Do we know Sarah, Shiloh? Bob, do you know? I know. We're not going to run away from... Do you know what time it is? It's rundown time. It's about to go down. All right, so a bit of, bit of a slower week this week. First up, we had HJR 663 and HB 1399, recall of county officers and commissioners by Rep. Williamson. They were up in House Public Integrity and Elections Committee on Monday. We had Eddie speaking against the bill. HJR 663 proposes an amendment to the Constitution to authorize the recall of county officers and commissioners, while the implementing bill provides that any any member of a non-charter county may be removed from office by the electors of that non-charter county. Both bills passed favorably, but the Senate companions have not been heard. Next, we had SB 644, Building Inspection Services by Senator Broder. That was up in Senate rules, its last committee stop, and it passed with a vote of 16 to 1, and that bill will now move to the Senate floor. And lastly, we had both property bills up, HB 21 by Rep Tuck and Senate Bill 1380 by Senator
Senator Rodriguez. They pass unanimously in their committee stops, and one section of that bill does reveal a preemption that prohibits counties from enacting any ordinance or regulation restricting or prohibiting the owner of a private parking facility from establishing rates, fees, or fines. So both of those bills will advance to their last committee stops starting next week. Over to you, Shiloh. Thanks, Sarah. I'm helping Jared out this week. So in Health Safety Justice, we had Senate Bill 224, which is the regulation of smoking in public places by Senator Gruters. It passed unanimously, in fact, waived in support of the bill. So this bill is going to allow counties and municipalities to restrict smoking within the boundaries of any of the public beaches and public parks, except with regard to the smoking of cigars that do not contain a filter or a plastic tip. And the House Companion passed favorably last week. Then we had two bills to assist rural counties, which were HB 685 by Representative Drake, which passed unanimously. So this bill is going to be the House version of the Rural Economic Development Package this session. And the comparable bill, (coughs) Senate Bill 800 by Senator Albritton, passed unanimously. The bill authorizes municipalities to exempt the public service tax of electrical energy purchases. And an amendment was adopted that gives more flexibility to the infrastructure fund which was offered by the Department of Economic Opportunity, according to the sponsor. FACT did waive in support of both bills. Lastly, we have a new technological water quality initiative, which passed in the House, which was House Bill 421, and that passed unanimously. So Shiloh, the uh, smoking in public places bill should really be called the not smoking in public places bill. Exactly. Right. This is the bill that's been heard a few years and and the way Senator Gruder's always presents it's the we want to take the butts off the beach and put put the other type of butts on back on the beach. Except with cigars. We're going to have to chew on that one. (laughs) Good one. All right, we're going to move along. Normally, our policy coordinator, the lovely Milan Clayton, <coughs> has her segment, Bob. But and it, I think it's it's her moment, right? It's a tremendous moment. It's a moment in time. But what are we doing this week, Bob? We're going to let someone else handle it. Someone have a special moment, a spotlight moment of his own. And that's our third policy and it completes the terrific trio. Jared. Thank you, Jeff. I am uh, taking a break this week from uh, the rundown to talk some numbers. Uh, Recent general revenue collections are significantly overperforming their previous estimates uh, per the latest financial outlook statement from the Office of Economic and Demographic Research. uh, The general revenue fund will have about an extra $3.3 billion uh, in available funds uh, this upcoming fiscal year. Uh, Driving this short-run revenue boom has been sort of a host of uh, external factors. Uh, Number one, we got rising consumer prices um, and some of the some of the lasting effects of recent stimulus programs uh, have led to some very healthy uh, sales tax revenues of late. Uh, Meanwhile, an active housing market has led to swelling documentary tax uh, stamp revenues from mortgage executions and property transfers. 
Uh, before we go spending money we do not have, uh, the Revenue Estimating Conference cautioned that these collection figures could be short-lived uh, as you know the flow of federal dollars starts to slow and people start to impose some uh, personal budget constraints to kind of meet these rising costs. Uh, we are fortunate enough to have the former uh, director uh, um, over at DOR uh, with us. Chief. Call me Chief. Chief Economist. Economist. Yeah. Chief. Yeah, I think I think a couple LFA. things as we talk about money, 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 money is they now have eleven billion dollars carried forward that they did not spend from the prior year available to appropriate. And that was another thing that took place this week. Both the House and the Senate did pass out of committee their appropriations bills. We expect them on the floor next week. Yeah, and, and speaking of the budget bills, the Senate bill came in at a whopping over $108 billion, with a B. Meanwhile, the House came in around $105 billion. You know, that includes the, you know, what's in the, those bills, 2500 and $5,001. Bob, is there anything else you'd like to add to the budget? Just keep watching next week as... The fairy dust, the pixie dust, all the things that come together to make the budget come through. In other news, we had uh, staff from all over the state come for emergency management day at the Capitol. Uh, and the FACISH team here uh, all swung by for Florida Keys Day yesterday uh, for some conch fritters and rum punch. It was the first time that Sarah here has ever had conch. Sarah, what'd you think? Wasn't my favorite. Conch salad wouldn't recommend. A little too rubbery for my taste. But, but did you at least get to try the key lime pie on the stick? Yes, key lime pie on the stick excelled for sure. It was the best. Never had it on the there. stick before. Shiloh, what is the best Florida Keys, Monroe County dish? I mean, that's pretty hard. I love conch fritters, but. I I'm gonna have to go, my favorite personally is conch salad. Sarah's got a lot to learn about Key's uh, cuisine. The fish was good, the mau, what's it called? Mahi. That was good, I will admit. So good, they name it twice. (laughs) All right, and Bob, we're gonna move on to your, your favorite segment. What is your one big thing? All right, the one big thing in the finance and tax area this week was the uh, House Joint Resolution 1 was heard in the Local Administration and Veterans Affairs Committee on the House side on Monday. And then it was also the Senate Companion was heard in the um, Senate Finance and Tax Committee on Thursday. Uh, Senate is, uh, bill is Senate Joint Resolution 1746. Yeah, 1746. I got the privilege of speaking against both bills in both committees. Um, They did amend the Senate, both the joint resolution and the Senate side, to match the House joint resolution to make it clear in the constitutional amendment that it only applies to non-school levies. Um, And then also they amended the implementing bill in the Senate to match what was done to the House bill to buy out the impact to fiscally constrained counties. The bills both move to their final committees uh, next week. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Bob. 
And Jeff, what is your one? Well, I'm kind of pinch hitting this week, but I'm going to talk about some of the conforming bills that we had mentioned earlier. Uh, I'm going to start off with Senate Bill 2512, which is related to aircraft. And what this bill does is it establishes uh, the, the the funding for three state aircraft for exec for the governor and other state agency heads. But tucked into the back of that bill is new language that affects the uh, ability uh, for local governments to procure drones. So last year there was a bill that set out uh, DMS, the Department of Management Services, uh, to make a manufacturer approved list. So this bill revises their the DMS rulemaking authority uh, on the approved drone manufacturers list, and it allows governmental agencies may tr- purchase uh, additional uh, drones. They're gonna put out a supplemental list and it allows local governments to provide a waiver under certain circumstances when they could use the drones that aren't on that approved manufacturers list. We understand that there is a a manufacturer out there that has a significant portion of the market of uh, drones that uh, folks use, and they're a lot cheaper and have a a lot more uh, uh, functionality and practicality for, for local governments. And then over in the house, there's House Bill 5011. You know about this one, Bob? Five. Uh, tell me about it. 5011. The budgeting for inflation that drives elevated needs fund. Wait, that's budget? I. I? What, what was the I? Inflation. Driven? Drives. Elevated. Elevated needs? Wow. What's the acronym for that? I, I think the House budget writers uh, were, were trying to have, have some fun there. It's the Biden fund. And what this bill will do is set aside $2 billion in additional budget authority uh, for the effects of inflation exceed the appropriations in the General Appropriations Act. So normally they, you know, the legislature, there's the Legislative Budget Commission and there are mid-year amendments to that. And state agencies come to come back to the legislature in the interim period to the Legislative Budget Commission and ask for additional funds. And, and this process, they're going to set aside two billion dollars specific for inflation. What do you think, Bob? I, I think with a hundred eight billion dollar budget that if the inflation is only two percent in the year, we'll be doing pretty well. Eddie, what do you think? What do you think of the Biden fund? Glad to see that our friends are saying hail to the chief. Is it only going to be filled with Biden bucks? Uh, Biden bucks or DeSantis dollars, whatever you want to call them. It will make up the budget. All right. But Jeff, is that really all you got? Isn't there something else that really not process related was your one big thing this week? I think there was. Uh, I don't know if y'all, the analysts know about this, but. I believe it involved the courthouse. Yeah, well, I walked over to the courthouse this week and I got a marriage certificate. So I told Uncle Sam, oh. I'm getting married. Wow. Not just Uncle Sam. Who? You told the state of Florida. <laughs> oh. You told the city of Tallahassee. You told Leon County and you announced it to the world. Yeah. A public document. So I guess that's my next step on the the process of getting married. I'm really excited and uh, I didn't know you had to do that. So 
That's news to me. Like prior to a wedding, you need to get a marriage certificate, yes. and, and oh. you're, you know your your pastor, your officiant. Uh, has to sign that document and you have to return it. So if you don't get a marriage certificate, it's not you're legitimate? Not legally, you're not legally married. Interesting. Yes, it is a it is a document recorded in the public record. Can they records. deny it? The, the, can they deny it? Well, there, there, there I is a cool there, there's a process. Yeah. <laughs> there's a process. It usually starts there's with always the words. If anyone here objects, it's the way that process All usually right, starts. I'm going to have to cut off Bob's mic. So, so Jeff, you got a little bit of ways to go till you reach 35 years like me. Eddie, are you 35 more or, or, years or less? More or less? I'm at uh, 27. 27. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. What are you guys doing for Valentine's Day? Working. Traveling. Spending quality time with my fiance. Oh. My girlfriend has COVID, so we will have a nice FaceTime date. <laughs> well, good people. We've got we've gotten through week five. We're halfway home. We're getting there. And as always, we always have a nice outro quote. Bob, what do you got for us today? Well, I already did the money, 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 money for the appropriations process. I think for this week, given the Super Bowl, we need to pull something out from legendary Packers coach, Vince Lombardi. Even when he's not here, Bob always never misses an opportunity to, to get a nice Davin Suggs plug. To pay homage to the team that Davin loves. Perfection is not attainable, but if we chase perfection, we can catch excellence. To go along with one of his other famous quotes, winners never quit and quitters never win. Until next time, folks. Thanks for hanging out with us at Fackish. Bob and Jeff in the afternoon with the Fack Analysts and the re Legal Regal, Eddie Labrador, signing off. Go Bengals. Rams.